Oh, you're such an embarrassment. It's gonna be motherfucking Rikishi. Because of union issues. Ooh, and I need a beer. Fuck the Beverly Brothers. Don't say a fucking word. Edit that in. Who gives a shit? Just stop. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Front Face Box Podcast. I'm very excited about this one, so excuse my loud demeanor. It's okay. We forgive you. Thank you, Vinny. I am your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, the man with the backwards hat, the man that's on Twitter, the man who can't get his name spelled correctly at Panera Bread, the one, the only, Vinny. What's going on, guys? I'm so excited about this one just because it's WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 9 was the best of the worst. The best this, worst pay-per-view. This was, in my opinion, and I don't miss a lot of the ruthless aggression uh, mm-hmm. WrestleManias, but in my opinion, this is the worst WrestleMania of the first ten. I remember watching this, you know, we're nine years old. I remember watching this and actually liking it because I was nine. No, watching we were nine. We were, we were 12. Oh, uh, 12. No. This was 93. I was 11. You were still 11. You're almost 12. I was one month shy. Okay, 11 years old. And I do remember watching at least the last match and be like, oh, awesome. In reality, now that I'm grown up well beyond my years and I have a sense of what is a good wrestling pay-per-view, this was not it. Not even close. It had potential. The thing about this one, it had the potential to be one of the best. But you have to give WWE this little bit of credit. This is the ninth one. They're coming off WrestleMania 8, one of the best. Right, which comes after 9. I mean, before 9. <laughs> Sorry. WrestleMania 8, which had the Piper Heart match, which is one of my favorite matches of all time. 7 was kind of a weak one. 6 okay. was a great one. 5, great one. So they of the first 9, this is the first truly weak one. Right. But they had potential... Good matches with Bret Hart, Yokozuna. And then the ending, I guess I was a little Hulkamaniac. We all were. I liked the ending, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Now I realize pretty much hate everything Hulk Hogan, except when he was Hollywood Hulk Hogan and NWO. I've switched my whole theory on Hulk Hogan from when I was a little kid. I hated Hollywood when I was younger, loved, you know, red and gold, Hulkamania, and now but being older... Hulkamania was shit, and N.W.O. Hogan was the man. Tell me this, and be honest. Okay. Because it still happens to me. Nowadays, when he comes out for the legend stuff for WrestleMania, when you hear that music hit, though, you still get that little, like, like that re- that that uh, nostalgia feeling where it's like, oh, Hulkamania, like you, you that, that I'm a real da, American. Da, 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 da. Yeah, of course. that It does give you the nostalgia, and it's like, now that he's older, he's always going to be remembered as Hulkamaniac Hulk Hogan. He can't come out now being 70 years old and be Hollywood Hulk Hogan bad guy. It's always nice to see him, even though I always had issues now with wrestlers. These, guys, these old guys, even though they had better personalities, they couldn't hold a torch to them athletically. I look at Hogan, I'm like, eh, you would never be able to do anything in the ring today. You'd be a jobber. But, I don't. He'd either be a jobber or he would be like, a Lesnar-esque character where he came out, he did his big boot, his leg drop. Like Goldberg. Yeah, he, he would come out and do his five moves, and he'd win. 
as much as I disliked I, Hollywood when I was a kid, and now I kind of look back at Hulkamania and go, eh. When I still hear that music, though, I still get that like nostalgia, you know, right. being a kid and hearing it. And Hogan comes out, even in this in this pay per view, this WrestleMania, you know, when he when he comes out and Brett tells him to go, and he wins it, it's like, ah, oh, yeah. And then you look back at it now and go, why the fuck would you even give it to Yokozuna if you're just gonna give it to Hogan within ten seconds? Yeah, if you watch the Yokozuna documentary, which is actually really good. Hogan talks about how that was his idea because he was leaving soon and he was he wanted to have the belt for the tour they were was coming up. So and even Hart kind of like he goes, yeah, I don't know why we did that. I thought we were past that, but we did because Hulk Hogan's a selfish prick, which we've established on this show. Right. <laughs> Look at me. I'm Hulk Hogan. Everybody do what I say. It's like the kid, you know, when you go to the party, the birthday party. Hey, Tommy, it's your birthday. What do you want to do? And you're like, oh, I want to play hide and seek. And then his fucking whiny ass brother comes out. He's like, but mom, I want to play freeze tag. I'm not playing. Who cries when they can't play freeze tag? This kid. That's Hulk Hogan. If Hulk Hogan doesn't get his way, he just cries about it. And then he goes to WCW and then TNA. And then eventually he's going to make his way back. I'll tell you probably the exact conversation that happened. You know, uh-huh. I can't even do the Hulk Hogan impression. He's probably like, brother, I've headlined eight of these WrestleManias. Even though I should have fought Flair last year, I fought Sid. I want to headline this WrestleMania. Well, we gave Brett the title, so he's going to fight Yokozuna. Well, what if I came out, and after Brett loses, that you're going to give the belt to Yoko because he's going to carry because he's the villain. He's the top heel. I'll come out, and I'll win it because I'm American, and he's Samoan, but he's pretending to be Japanese. Vince goes, I don't really know about that. He goes, no, no, we'll do it real quick. Like, Brett loses, and I come out, and Brett says, go do it, and I beat him right away. And we'll have Mr. Fuji have the idea to challenge Hulk Hogan to give up the belt. Like, the worst managerial decision ever. My client just won the belt, and I'm going to turn around and say, hey, we're putting your belt up for grabs right now. Within 10 seconds of you wrestling this long-ass match against a uh, former champion, now you're going to fight Hulkamania right now. Yeah, for and the belt. He's tired and you're fresh. Granted, he did wrestle a match prior in the evening, but it was a tag but he's team. He's still rested. He's he's back in his his uh, cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what he was thinking. And Yokozuna's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Back to the point at hand. WrestleMania nine, April fourth, nineteen ninety three. Exactly one month before my birthday. Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. They build it the world's largest toga party. Right there, I should have just said no. And shut it off. And shut it off, but I went with it. It was uh, 16,891. That was the attendance, but there was no capacity because it was an area that they don't normally have events. Right. It was the premiere of Jim Ross in WWE, and it was Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jim Ross, and for some reason, they decided to have... Macho Man Randy Savage on commentary, who is atrocious. The last match I watched was the fourth match out of eight matches. So I watched half, and Macho Man says 11 times WrestleMania 9. Before the fourth match or during the fourth match? Up until the fourth match. From from when he comes out until the fourth match, and he could say it more after, but I just, I couldn't watch it anymore. In some capacity, he says... WrestleMania 9, 11 times, halfway through it. 
go get it. It's WrestleMania 9. That's what you do because it's WrestleMania 9. It's like when WCW kept saying... Uncensored. You still had Gorilla Monsoon, which I don't know why he wasn't in there with Bobby the Brain and, and JR because that would have been a great trio right there. Right. Um, this was right before Mean Gene left, and you had the premiere also of Todd Pettengill. WPLJ 95.5. Yeah, this was the premiere of him in the, doing crowd work very poorly, just working the crowd and nobody getting his gimmick, which was, you know, morning zoo kind of right. thing. And they called the Fink Finkus Maximus. Finkus Maximus because he's Roman. He's Roman all of a sudden because he's wearing a toga. Yeah, that automatically makes you Roman. It doesn't matter where you are, if you put on a toga, all of a sudden become Roman. Luther Reigns had worn a toga to the ring, he would have been Roman Reigns. Or Luther Maximus Reigns. <laughs> Gluteus Lutherus Reigns. Reigns. Maximus. <laughs> In WCW, be fair, this might have been the only time... In this era, I may have wanted to watch WCW, or I should have probably watched WCW instead of this. Uh, WCW had Slamboree, May 23rd of 1993, after my birthday. It was in Atlanta, Georgia at the Omni. had a capacity of 15,278, but they only sold 7,008 tickets. But it was in their hometown. They're still the, the small company. They did their Hall of Fame, which had... Ole Anderson, Ric Flair, Dory Funk, like a, a ton of legends oh, right. came out for their Hall of Fame. They reformed the Four Horsemen with Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and they brought in Paul Roma, tag team partner of Jim Powers, for this. The matches were not the worst. They're not great, but they're not the worst. You had Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit. Probably a pretty decent match. They're all, with the exception of Bagwell, three good wrestlers. Sid just made his return back, so he's fighting Van Hammer. Then you had Dick Murdoch, Don Morocco, and Jimmy Snuka, three legends, versus Wahoo McDaniel, a legend, Blackjack Mulligan, and Jumping Jim Brunzel. Thunderbolt Patterson, who I have no idea who that is, and Brad Armstrong, versus Ivan Koloff and Baron Von Rusky. Rauschke? Rashaka? I don't know. Dory <laughs> Funk versus Nick Bockwinkle. Bockwinkle. Yes. Love Big that guy. Rick Rude and Paul Orndar versus Dustin Rose and Kensuke Sasaki. Sting versus The Prisoner, who was Nails. Nails. Hollywood Blondes, which was Steve Austin and Flying Brian Pillman versus Dos Hombres. Steamboat and the Z-Man. Why were they hombres? Doesn't that mean two friends? Yes, but why were they Spanish? Why wouldn't they be? You got because Tom Zank one, and Ricky Steamboat. Tom Zank, I'm pretty sure, wasn't Spanish. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, I'm sure, wasn't Spanish. But they were friends, so they he were the Dos Ricky Hombres. Ricky Armadillo Steamboat. He was Ricky the Dragon. <laughs> but they were the they were Dos Hombres. They were two friends. They were two buddies. I don't even think... No, I think it's... Hombres means dudes. Amigos means friends. So they were, they were dudes. Two dudes. Ombre means men. It's accurate. They were two men. I mean, men. it's very accurate. It goes, noun, ombre, chiefly U.S. in Spanish-speaking context slang. A man, a chap, a guy, especially a Hispanic or Spanish man. And neither of them were. Two guys were two men. I mean, they were two chaps. Of them, 
But wouldn't that be British? <laughs> I mean, that's almost as bad as Creatures. Whoever was the guy naming tag teams in fucking WCW needed to lose his job immediately. The Creature 1, Creature 2, two men. I got it. We're going to call these two men, two men, but in Spanish. And be like, but they're not Spanish. That's the point. What's the point? I don't know. <laughs> so what do you want to call them? Dos hombres. Why? Yo no sé. Why do you keep speaking Spanish? Yeah, I'm not understanding these type. I mean, and there's a lot of with numbers. Four horsemen. Dos hombres. You know, today, three-man bands. Three count. We know how many there are. We can count. We don't need to be told. There's two of them, and they're hombres. So it's... There's two men. It was it was definitely a very accurate description. If If you were listening to the announcers at the Spanish announce table... It would be an accurate tag team name. Not to mention one is the Z-Man, so he's already half an hombre. Right, he's already told there's hombre, Z-Hombre, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Who's the other hombre? Making two, those. What they should have done, which this would have been brilliant, is call them the two hombres, but when the regular announcers are doing the announcing for the team, they call them two men. But the Spanish announce table is calling them Dos Hombres. See, we don't know if they weren't doing that. But they could have been calling them two men, the Spanish announce table. So you think that the American announce table, which I'm guessing was probably Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body, they're going to call them the two men. But the Spanish announce table is calling them Dos Hombres. So they labeled them Dos Hombres. Yes. Or they did reverse translations. Spanish to English. So the Americans call them dos hombres, and the Spanish announce table called them two men. Barry Windham versus Arn Anderson, and then the main event, British Bulldog versus Big Van Vader. All in all, I mean, with the exception of the naming of the dos hombres, not the worst card that WCW's ever come out with. And, you know, it's better than Slambury 2000. Yeah. I mean, it was better than 91 Halloween Havoc. On paper... Side by side, both cards are actually really good. Right. Because at WrestleMania 9, here's the card for WrestleMania 9. You look at them side by side, you go, I don't know which one I want to watch. They're both pretty good. Tatanka versus Shawn Michaels. Tatanka's undefeated. Shawn Michaels is the Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. The Steiner Brothers versus the Head Shrinkers. The, the Head Shrinkers were a decent tag team at that point. The Steiner Brothers were brand new. They're up and coming youngsters. Doink versus Crush. They were both feuding at the time. That's a decent match. I mean, Doink was a shitty gimmick, but it was that it was still in that like evil clown era, so it was still kind of a good gimmick. Right, right, right. Yeah. Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund for some reason. So far, the weakest one, I think. Money Incorporated, legendary tag team versus the Mega Maniacs because you know Hogan was in the Mega Powers and Macho Man was in the Ultimate Maniacs, so naturally you would have Brutus and Hogan as the Mega Maniacs. Right, naturally. For the tag team championship that Money Inc. had. A match that should have been legendary, Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect. Right there, that should be the best match of the whole card. Was that for the Intercontinental? No, uh, Shawn Michaels had the Intercontinental. Oh, yeah, this, was, Sorry. this was just Luger versus Perfect. Because uh, this was the one that was built up from the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. Bobby Heenan kept calling the Narcissist right. was better than perfection. Right, right. So Mr. Perfect had to come out and be, you no, know, but I'm perfect, and you're, I'm a narcissist. Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Full entrance for The Undertaker? 
they had to make this match because obviously the Undertaker, he was relatively new, a couple of years, but he's a big guy. So you always have to try to match a big guy with an even bigger guy, especially the Undertaker was supernatural. So what better way to start a feud than with a guy who's about four or five inches taller than the Undertaker and wearing a spandex muscle leotard covered in fur? Well, he didn't have the fur. This he it, he shaved the fur because at Royal Rumble '93 he came yeah. out with the fur. He had the fur panties and the shoulders and right. the, around the wrists. I think it's, were also fur. Yeah, he shaved the fur. Did he shave one. or did he wax? He shaved it because he had stubble. Okay, I mean, and laser. I don't think lasers. This was really early for laser treatment to be a thing. Yeah, and you're not going to nair it because then you'd have no. nothing. And you might burn burn your skin. You don't want, especially if you're going to be in the sun all day, you don't want that. You know, funny side note is he was in an episode of Baywatch. Who was? John Gonzalez. Well, so was also uh, Vader, Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hogan. John Gonzalez was seven foot seven, four hundred and sixty-one pounds. Good God. Elegante. He was in the Chamber of Horror match. And his build height was eight feet. His ring name at one point was Eliete. Baywatch, he played a role of Manny, a carnival sideshow giant who befriends Hobie, but later falls into the water and his large size makes it difficult to be rescued. Why would you rescue him? He's eight foot tall. He can just, he can just stand, 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 stand up. I couldn't stand in eight feet of water, but he could. And guess what? His eyes would be sticking out at least. Yeah. Or if he just put his arm up, we could find them real easily. Yeah. Because that's another two feet at least. And then you send one of the rowboats out, and you just grab on, fella, and you just row back in, and he can just walk on the fucking ocean floor. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how far out he was in the ocean that it was above his head. <laughs> I mean, we need to do some scientific research and find out what Peaches was at. Well, obviously, he was in California if it's Baywatch, and if he's eight foot tall, he was in it eight foot one inch of water. But was he? We'll have to rewatch the episode. Rewatch? You mean watch for the first time? No, I know that he was in it because I actually watched it. I think he whittled stuff out of driftwood in the episode, too, for some reason. Like and that's what like, made him like special. The, Not the, the fact that he was eight feet tall and could stand in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's what made him special, not the fact that he was gigantic. <laughs> wow, no. you're really tall. You're like a giant, an elegante, like, if you will. You're and like, I also whittle. You're like a giant ombre. If there was two of you, you'd be dos giant ombres. Dos gigante ombres. Dos ombre gigantes. Yes. And then he'd be in a tag team with the Z-Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. There would be trace ombres then. No, because he's um, giant. So it's dos ombres and a giant. Oh, okay. Now that all makes sense to me. <laughs> Why was everyone that was tall just a giant? And he was a giant in just another language. So WCW, when he was there, he was El Gigante, which just means the giant. And then later on, they got Paul White, the giant. And in WWF, they had Andre, the giant. And then they bring El Gigante in, and he's Giant Gonzalez. Yes. What else are you going to call them? The large one? Stupid name is that? Mammoth? Yeah. Wasn't there a Mastodon? Wasn't Vader the Mastodon? He was nicknamed? Well, he was Vader the Mastodon. The main event was Yokozuna versus Bret Hart, which we all know Bret Hart loses, and then Yoko's manager 
challenges Hogan because Hogan comes out because it's all about Hogan to help Bret Hart after he's lost. If you watch it, it makes sense because there's two separate matches where a second ref will run out and say something that happened. Right. The Doink match, the Giant Gonzalez match. There's another ref that runs out and says, no, 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 this happened, this happened. It might actually be three times. I don't remember off the top of my head. So Hogan's running out to say, oh, no, you know, Mr. Fuji threw salt in Bret Hart's eyes. Maybe another ref will come out and say and, and change it. Right. But in the back of Hogan's head, he's going, I'm out here to win the belt. Yeah, here's my chance. Here's my chance to win the belt. Hopefully Mr. Fuji will challenge me because of our long history of feuding. Right. He's going to think to get his wrestler more established, he's going to have to beat Hulkamania. And what better place to do it than the Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, after he just beat the Hitman. Who was the champion. So he won right. the championship from the champion, but now you got to beat Hulkamania. Yeah, to, to make you the, the biggest thing in WWF, you got to beat Hulkamania. Regardless of the fact that Hogan was in the fifth match of the day in a tag team, and he's not really a Hulkamania anymore because right. he's in a tag team, He's going to come out and help the champion who you just beat. So you've just reached the pinnacle of the mountain. Hulk Hogan comes down. He's like, well, let me tell you something, brother. I wanted to be in the intercontinental match, but they wouldn't let me run into that either. Because he just want to fucking have every belt, apparently, in this pay-per-view. Let's have him in a tag team match. Let's have him in the world match. He probably pitched the intercontinental match. I'm probably like, uh, let's not push it. It might be a little too obvious. And he's like, all right, but I'm going to be Yoko for Brett, but in spite of Brett. But instead of doing the right thing, like, I'm going to beat Yoko to avenge you, right. but I'm not going to give you a chance to win your belt back. Right. And I'm going to beat him. And instead of coming to celebrate with you, I'm just going to celebrate by myself <laughs> for the second time yes because if you watch it which we'll get to it comes like money Inc. comes out first and then mega manias come out to the hogan music because who knows what the hell brutus's music was at that point i don't even know if he was still employed by wwe at this point and he comes out and there's a five minute hogan posing before the match mm -hmm. and then they lo they lose the match for disqualification which i think this is one of the ref runs in matches yeah and then they throw Posing. money out they steal the briefcase they start going through the briefcase but it's all during the hogan music so there's a five minute pose pose off at the end yeah and dance off when brutus is telling hogan to dance and hogan's like no come on man you know yeah. i can't dance i'm, I'm not gonna do the strut yet. he goes i can't strut and Bruce is like, come on, do the strut. Do the strut. And he's like, nah. And then he does it. This may actually hold the record for most Hogan... Ear things? Ear things in a pay-per-view. Because it's three separate times. Pre-tag team match, post-tag team match, post-world match. Right. So I think that holds the record. So I actually... Okay. I remember like watching this and, and knowing who Jim Ross was. Because I'd flipped on... Saturday night or whatever from WCW on PBS. And like, I was like, Oh, that's a guy from WCW. So not slim. knowing he would be the iconic voice. He became slim and young Jim Ross. He still got the high pitch voice. Jimmy Hart has never changed in 40 years. He's got balder. He's got the driveways now. And that's, yeah. and his hair's higher. That's about it. The world's largest toga party. 
You, do you no. need the Roman soldiers and the toga? Like, you're in Vegas. Like, everybody in, in Rome must have been jacked. And they have a Mark Anthony and Cleopatra impersonators riding an elephant. That's actually Caesar and Cleopatra. It's not Mark yeah. Anthony. But was Caesar ever with Cleopatra? I don't know, but they said that's Caesar and, and Cleopatra. That doesn't make any sense. He's the one that came out at the Royal Rumble 93 and announced the winner gets to go on to WrestleMania 9. Was he Julius Caesar at that time? Oh, he was dressed like the same. We got him coming out on the elephant. There's literally no point to this aside from Cleopatra having enormous breasts. Yeah, and the elephant standing up and doing that like rah thing. Rah. <laughs> I'm an elephant. Elephant. I'm an elephante. <laughs> elephante. I bet if we looked deep enough, I'm, we could find a wrestler in WCW named Elefante. I'm Elefante, the Elephant Gonzalez. I mean, they had the juicer, which was supposed to be like Beetlejuice, so I can't imagine the Elefante. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought Cleopatra was associated with Mark Anthony. You probably are right. I don't know. I don't know my Caesar history. But all, so, apparently now, all I know is that after he got stabbed in the back, he opened a casino in Vegas Right, and, and retired said, there. A.T. Brute. And here comes Macho Man on sarcophagus. He's being carried on. They have flower girls throwing stuff. They have a llama, because llamas are definitely in Rome or Egypt. Are they in, are supposed to be in Egypt, or are they supposed to be in Rome? It's Caesar, isn't that? That's Rome. Yeah, it's Caesar, but he's Roman. Why is there a llama? Because llamas were big in Rome. It was like having a SUV. It was it was important, like having an elephant. Hey, here's one of our biggest stars that everybody loves. Let's just throw him on commentary for the first time. I know he was hurt, and I know that he wasn't cleared, but have him come out as a manager. Have him come no, out with I'm, the Mega Maniacs. Uh, I'm sorry. Cleopatra did have Caesar's child, but Caesar never publicly acknowledged him as a son, and then Cleopatra followed Caesar back to Rome. After his assassination, she returned to Egypt. So I guess she had a love affair with, like, all these Romans. Because she was banging Mark Anthony, too. The singer? Yeah. After Jennifer Lopez. Oh, okay. WrestleMania night, he just said it once. They're not at the Roman Coliseum, though. They're just at Caesar's Palace. And there's and an ostrich. And gypsies. And I believe he comes out on a camel. Yeah, backwards, right? He comes out backwards on a camel. Because he obviously got on the camel backwards. But he's pretending that he didn't. He's like, oh, shit, I, I got on the wrong way. Don't correct it before I go out. And don't put the saddle on backwards so that the handle's there so I can hold on to it. Everything about this is more Egypt than it is Roman. Nothing about it is Vegas. You know, like, probably Nothing. right next door, there's a massage rub and tug. Oh, yeah. That's a, you know this for a fact, it's a massage rub and tug. Probably. Are you okay? I just rode out on a camel backwards, so I'm sick. Because it would have made any difference if I rode out front. I was supposed to be with the Vestal Virgins. Well, did you guys not talk about this backstage? It was this big parade of the announcers coming out. This wasted, this is probably like 10, 15 minutes of the pay-per-view. And why does Dr. Mike keep giving the thumbs up to everybody? He's just looking around like he's about to get promo. (laughs) Thumbs up again. (laughs) Wait, come on, do it. Do it again, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. One more time. Come on. There it is. There it is. There it is. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. There it is again. Do you think Mike gives four thumbs up or says WrestleMania nine more? Oh, I think it might be. It's a. It's close. It's another one. <laughs> and here comes your boy, Shawn Michaels. 
I said that this is Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Get it right. This was only his second WrestleMania singles wrestler. So what? Best mullet of the day, by the way, Luna Vachon. Followed by Shawn Michaels? No, I'd say, okay, so I ranked them. It's Luna Crush, then Shawn Michaels, then Tatanka and Brutus. Why does Luna always walk out like she's a zombie? She's creepy. Until she's an oddity, she's creepy. Well, she's an oddity later. Then she's odd, but now she's creepy. Who cuts that hair? Is there someone in the back that cuts the wrestler's hair? Or do they go to a barber and actually request it? They must request it. Is he Chris Chavez? That's his name? That's his name. Yeah, he's not a name American. And then there's Sensational Sherry just randomly walking out. Because she used to be Sean's manager, but she's not anymore. So now she's against Sean, but not with Tatanka. But she doesn't want Luna to help Sean. Because she's against Sean. But she still might love Sean. Well, she probably still loves Sean, but she's against him because the whole mirror incident with Marty Jannetty. Luna looks like she should be an orc in Lord of the Rings. Undefeated, going for the Intercontinental Championship. So, as a kid, oh, Tatanka's going to win the Intercontinental Championship. This is a good first match of the night, though, if you think about it. I want to get myself a pair of mirrored chaps. I'm surprised that you don't own a pair of mirrored chaps. I tried to order them, but they never came. Because you seem like the kind of guy that would just rock mirrored chaps all day. But I wouldn't wear tights underneath. No, you just wear chaps. Yeah, that's it. Just mirrored chaps. That's how I roll. Tonka's mullet is not even close to being on par with anybody else's. He He's like, he's in the amateur mullet league. Here's why I gave him the ranking above Brutus, because Brutus' mullet never really changed. I gave him the ranking above Brutus because he's got the red streak in the top of his hair. Oh, okay. He went through the effort of dyeing it. Exactly. He's second to last on the mullet list. Michael's mullet is pretty good, but Luna's is definitely the best mullet, and then Crush's is just fantastic. I wonder when Shawn Michaels went from bleach blonde to brown hair. Probably the same time that Chris Jericho did when they stopped dyeing it. I thought maybe in the wrestling world, your hair just automatically changes from bleach blonde to brown once you win a title or two. You you have to win your first title, and then your hair goes darker. Yeah. Unless you're Hogan, and then you just start sewing your hair into your bandana. When you turn heel, your hair turns darker. Well, I don't know, because Jericho was like kind of the heel when he was doing the yeah. Ralphus crazy thing, and it was still very blonde. It was still very blonde when he came to... WWE in 99. Maybe when you become a heel in the WWE. That's true, because Hogan was never a heel in WWE. Yeah, so he remained blonde. But you notice once he went heel in WCW after he was already established, since it was WCW, his hair didn't didn't get darker, but his beard did. And then actually Brutus had the opposite effect, because Brutus was heel in WrestleMania 1, and he had dark black hair. Mm-hmm. And then here he's got dirty blonde hair and his face. So whatever hair color you have as a heel or face, when you turn, your hair does as well. Darker if you're heel, it's lighter if you're face. Yeah, this is a working theory, by the way. Because Bret Hart was heel, dark hair, and face dark hair. But so was Owen. But Owen's hair got darker when he cut it and had the buzz cut when he was the King of Hearts and he'd come right. out with Slammy and the Nation of Domination, it was a little darker than it was when he was higher. higher energy. He had blonder hair. Yeah. After he kicked Brett's leg out of his leg, his hair got dark. dark. 
I think we're on to something here. I mean, we can't prove that we're not right. And actually, when Tatanka went heel, the red streak went away and his hair became fully brown. The Undertaker, I think he was a face when he was mean Mark Callis, right? In WCW? Well, he was in the uh, the skyscrapers with Sid, but he had the red hair. Yeah. And then his hair got continuously darker. When he came to WWF, his hair was like dark red brown. And then when he became fully bad as the ministry, his hair was black. Well, his hair got black when he was purple, when he had the purple, but he was still kind of heel. Like, Undertaker never really had a face heel because mm. he was always just the Undertaker. He was, he was by himself. So he Undertaker's like an exception to the rule. He kind of does what he wants. Right. But his hair just got darker and darker, and then it just stayed dark. But when he did the mohawk against uh, Lesnar, it still had a little bit of red in it because he was the face in that match. What about Austin? Austin had long blonde hair, but he didn't become a actual face either. He was in between. He was like, you know, like you said, the anti-hero, and he had no hair. Because he was just like, I, I can't get any hair going, so I'm just going to cut it off. The Rock did the same thing, just cut the hair off. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle cut his hair off when he became heel. Triple H's hair got progressively shorter, and then now his beard is dark. Like, with the uh-huh. exception of the gray, his beard is dark, and he's, like, heel. Dark hair is heel. If you're kind of the anti-hero, you're in between, you can be bald. And if you're a face, your hair is light. And if you're face and then turn heel, your hair gets darker unless you're Bret Hart. Right. Like Shelton Benjamin, when he was the gold standard, his hair was blonde. Now he's got no hair. There's more evidence supporting our theory than there's not. I don't see how our theory is wrong. So what's going on in this match besides Michaels beating the shit out of Tatanka? Tatanka's actually beating the shit out of Michaels, and Michaels' shoulders hurt. It's a lot of boring stall moves. Yeah. This pay-per-view in general, the matches weren't very exciting. Remember when I was grading matches? C, D, D, F, D, C+, and then F, F. Yeah, this kind of just goes into, like, you have these good competitors, and it's like, eh, nothing really going on. The most excitement going on is Luna bouncing around back and forth on the outside of the ring, looking like a little hobgoblin. And, and Sherry, you know, running back and forth to make sure that Luna's not getting in, in the way. Which, why would you even be vested at this point? Because you want Sean to lose because he broke your heart. There's other things you could do, though, if someone broke your heart rather than have them lose a wrestling match. WrestleMania 9, he just said it again. Everything Shawn Michaels does is perfect to you, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. What if I what if I got Shawn Michaels on this show? Would you just sit there the whole time going, ah, I love you? I may. So, Sean, tell us about... Uh, you I know, love you. Tell us about you know uh, what led up to... Uh, you turning on Marty Jannetty, I know you don't want to you have a singles career, and, and I, I've, I've seen the shoot interviews. Vinny, Vinny, what do you want? To, I love you. I love you. That's just going to be the whole time he's here. Yep. And besides what we were talking about, the wrestlers were the most distracted human beings on the planet. They're also not very observant when they're laying on the ground and their opponent is setting up for a finishing move. I never understood. They're like, like Shawn Michaels, he'll stomp, right? Like he's going to do sweet chin music. If I just hear stomping, I'm not going to get up. That's a good point. You know, where Roman Reigns goes, ooh. Yeah, I'm just, not standing up. A spear's coming. Yeah, just get out of the ring. Oh, wait, yeah. Tatanka's doing it. He's doing his oh. subtly racist. The rain dance? 
subtly racist. I love that that uh, adjective. It's, it's subtly like, racist because it's, it's like maybe subtly. he is Native American. There's nothing subtle about He's not Native American. I'm telling you, for the longest time, I thought he became Prince, Prince Iakea in WCW. No, he was not Prince Iakea. I know he wasn't, but he's I thought... He's not a prince. He's a Native American warrior. Shawn Michaels overselling again. <laughs> His whole oh. career was an, a giant oversell. Yeah. Can you sum your whole career up in one word? Oversell. It must suck that they bill you as being this undefeated guy like Tatanka, and then you go for the Intercontinental Championship, and you lose. Well, no, he wins, but by disqualification. But you're really losing. In the record books, he wins. But did he win the belt? No, because you can only win the belt by pinfall or submission. It's the champion's advantage. Shut up, Macho Man! It's WrestleMania 9, brother. <laughs> Thumbs up, it's WrestleMania 9, brother. Why did he ring the bell? He, yeah. like, went down the count, and then he rang the bell. He's like, no, I'm not going to count it. Was he just told by Jim Ross what happened? No, I think that's one of the officials has a toga. Everybody has a toga except for the rats. And the wrestlers. And the wrestlers. I mean, and the crowd. Not everybody. Some people in the crowd have togas. So it's really not the world's largest toga party, because not everybody's wearing a toga. The guy in the striped shirt's not wearing one. The girl in the red jacket's not wearing one. The guy in the white hat's not wearing one. The cameraman's not wearing one. You don't know that. Actually, that cameraman's not. But you don't know about the other ones. Tatanka's music always reminds me of, like, the Super Nintendo Raw video (laughs) games. Right. It sounds exactly like it did in the video game. That was, like, that, you know, 16-bit music that they played in. But it was the exact same music. The little robotic hum. Why does Tatanka even care? She wasn't there for him. He's a good guy. He's a Native American. A woman was attacked by another woman. He's helping. Or maybe he's just going to take her back and claim her now. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. I wish the people on this show could see my face right now. (laughs) Claim her? He's claiming. Claimed. I'm helping a woman. You're mine now. No, he's helping her. He's like, no, I lost the match, but I gained a a girl. There he is. Who is that? Octavia? Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Genius Okerlundus? Meanius Genius Okerlandius. Okerlandius. Okerlandius Genius Maximus. Finkus Maximus. Mean Genius Okerlandius. It's your boy Scott Steiner. But he's still got his Michigan jacket on and his mullet. His mullet, uh, you know what? I didn't even put his mullet on the list. I put his mullet above Tatanka's after Michael's. Is his really considered a mullet, though? Because it's really not too short on the top. He's got bangs. It's a mullet. You've got bangs. I don't have hair. you got bangs. These three hairs right here? That's it. You, get, you have bangs and no other hair. So this is a mullet, then? No, because you just have bangs in the front and nothing in the back. No, I have a lot in the back. I have nothing on top. This is a skullet. You got a skullet with the bangs. So I don't remember if this was a house show I went to or if it was an actual televised event. But I know, remember the the Quebecers? Yes. The Steiners were feuding with them for a while. And I, I swear, I, I remember hearing Scott Steiner say this, but I don't remember if it was a house show or a televised event. Something happened in the match, and excuse my language, and I'm gonna. This is the only time I'm ever gonna say excuse my language on this show. Something happened in the match, 
And the Quebecers left, and Scott Steiner grabbed the mic and said, hey, queer Beckers, to call them back in the ring. And I swear right. to God that happened. I don't, I don't doubt that that ever happens because Scott Steiner, I was watching his promos the other day from WCW and TNA, and he's completely out of control. <laughs> completely out of control. He was like the one was he was getting interviewed by uh you know one of those backstage and that, uh, reporters or whatever and she's like so Scott you're fighting you know Booker T tonight what's going down tonight and he goes you know what's going down you in my hotel room later I'm like what she looks at him like what the fuck when he told Medija he needed his release and then he talks and he's like you know they know that the three most important things are sex these peaks and protein or like some crazy shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He was insane in WCW when he when he cut his hair and went di- and dyed it blonde. He went insane. The hair was, was I mean, he was jacked and he was a good like he was. A, I mean, I don't even want to say good wrestler because he was good when he was Steiner brother Scott Steiner. But the bigger he got, the worse of a wrestler he became. I disagree. You want to know why I disagree? When was the last time he Frankensteinered when he was blonde? He never Frankensteinered when he was blonde. Matter. It doesn't matter. First, real quick, in this match, one of the head shrinkers is Rikishi. Just in yeah. case anybody was curious when Rikishi was not fat. Listen, it doesn't matter if he Frankensteinered anybody. When he was blonde, they give him a bad rap and he was a terrible wrestler. He did exactly the same moves, except for the F5, that Lesnar does today. And they think Lesnar's fucking great. And Scott Steiner was shit. If you watch the two the two matches that he fought with Triple H for the title, I forget. Uh, one was Judgment Day, and I forget what the other one was. I don't know if it was a WrestleMania or something. He wrestles Triple H twice for the title, loses twice, but they're like, oh, all he did was suplex Triple H. Everyone loves that fucking Brock Lesnar goes and suplexed John Cena uh, 42 times in the one match and beat him. It's the but- same exact thing. It's just that... I guess they were sour on Scott Steiner's personality. Because he was fucking crazy. He's awesome. Changed my mind. You know who the ref is in this, by the way. I can't it's tell. Phil Alfonso. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Without the whistle. It was pre-whistle. So, you can't tell me that Scott Steiner, when he talked about the Earth revolving on a 43-degree axle and the go-behind to do the bumper grind to get, to get behind... Because he's a big bad booty daddy, you can't tell me that that's not like one of the best promos. I can tell you that's not one of the or best he, promos. Or when he was like Samoa Joe, when you wrestle me, you have a 66 and two thirds chance of winning. But you put Kurt Angle in the match, and then you only have a 33 and one third chance of winning. And I have a 22.5 percent chance of winning. And added to that, with my 78% chance of beating you, I have a 203% chance of winning. Like, that's the, one of the best fucking promos ever. The math, the Scott Steiner math. No! Yes. I, I, can, I can name genius. off the top of my head 10 promos right now that are better than that. God. Ric Flair after WrestleMania, or after Royal Rumble 92. Ric oh Flair after God. WrestleMania 8. The Rock after Jericho premiered. Jericho's premiere. Uh, that's four right. right now. No, it was four. It was Jericho's premiere. Rock after Jericho's premiere. Ric Flair after WrestleMania eight. Ric Flair after Royal Rumble ninety two. Okay, then Macho Man's cream of the crop probably. Macho Man's cream of the crop. CM Punk's pipe bomb. CM Punk in the Royal Rumble where he's throwing people out and cutting promos in between throwing people out. 
I'm at eight right now. You're at not at eight. Ric Flair, Ric Flair. <laughs> Rock, Jericho, Macho Man, CM Punk, CM Punk. So I'm at seven. Scott, Excuse me. Scott Steiner. Scott no, Steiner. No. I I said ten. Roddy Piper, you do not throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. Right okay. there. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, I've been to the mountaintop. That's nine. Um, and then Stone Cold, the uh, 360 says, uh, Austin 316 says, I just can't whooped your ass. Right there. There's 10 better than that one. Off the, and that's off the top of my head. I'm sure if I thought about it, I could think of more. Well, well, I'm right. I just well, think 10 off the top of my head. Of opinion. My number one and two would definitely be. Not one and two ever, actually, but it would be top ten. Scott Steiner. What is Scott Steiner's? Not even. We're not even going to say the actual promo. As a guy who does promos, Scott Steiner is definitely in my top ten. He may be number ten, but he's definitely in my top ten of people who did promos. I'll give him a top ten or fifteen of people who did promos, but that promo is not in the top ten. That I can think of right now, without doing any research or thinking about it, right now I can I just named ten promos that were better. That's because both of those promos I believe were in TNA or one was TNA and WCW, and the other ones were all mainstream. You know what? I'll give you an eleventh that was better, and it was a WCW, and it was Ric Flair when he went ape shit with Gene, uh, Mean Gene and started stripping his clothes off and elbow dropped his suit jacket. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think you have a thing for Flair. Flair's the GOAT. Of course I have a thing for Flair. Uh, I disagree that he's a GOAT. We've had this discussion before. We have. We're not going to go into it again. No. I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> As always. As um. always. You're wrong that Flair's not the GOAT. Given that match, the match is boring. We didn't even watch it. Evil Doink versus Kona Crush. Kona Orange, Orange and Purple Crush. Shaka Bra, I was in demolition, and they all left, and now I'm just Kona Crush. His finisher was pretty horrible. The head crush? Yeah, the cranium crush, or the cranium press, or whatever it was called. I think it was called the cranium crush, because he was crush. That mullet, that's the second best mullet. It's pretty good. Look how he developed from this, and then when he went to WCW, and he was Brian Adams, and he was a lot cooler looking. In between that, he was, like, WrestleMania 10, he was Evil Crush, where he was wearing the black, and he went back to the makeup. 97 Royal Rumbles, when he had, like, the the braids. Yeah. And he was Nation of Domination, then he was DOA. This is where the the music gets all weird, right? This is still Evil Crush. This is Matt Bourne doing. He's dead, right, Crush? Crush is dead, yes. So is Matt Bourne. He was the original Kiss Demon, Crush? No. That's what it says here on this Wrestling Museum webpage. His previous names, American Ninja, The Midnight Soldier, Big Brian Adams, B.A. Brian Adams, Demolition Crush, Kona Crush, Crush, original Kiss Demon. I thought the Kiss Demon was somebody else. But it says original, so maybe he was the... Dale Tolberg. Maybe just because he looked like him. Dale Tolberg is from Nattenside, New Jersey. Kona Crush was the... Two-handed claw, and then he had a heart punch and a choke slam. Let me ask you a question. The other doink comes out from under the ring. Right. Unless there's a trap door he under laid the there. ring. He laid there the entire time. The whole pay-per-view. Because he goes back under the ring after this, because another ref comes out and goes, no, there was two, there was two. 
And they look under the ring, they're like, There's not, he's not there. So three hours, essentially, the other guy, whoever it was, laid underneath this ring. Well... They can't shut the lights off. It's- no, but I will say he might have, and only the, the live studio audience would know, maybe when he was under the ring after this match, he took off the costume, changed, wiped off the makeup, and then came out out of the ring and walked around like he was a cameraman or some shit. I mean, I guess that's a possibility. Like, maybe he put, like, a jumpsuit on or something. Yeah. Act like he was a stagehand. Right. But I know that I've seen, which is one of the funniest things I've seen, is there was a video of Bray Wyatt when he was doing The Fiends when he first came out, and they fucked up when he was disappearing from the ring, and the lights turned back on, and you see him running up the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, You can find it on YouTube. It's so funny because you're like, you know how pissed he probably was? Because it was like right at the beginning of his gimmick, and you know, they're doing the supernatural like aura, how, oh, he just disappeared from the ring. If we get to interview anybody who has had any gimmick where they had come out from under the ring or through the ring and ask them, were you there the entire time? What time did you have to get there? Because people start coming from the crowd. There's times when you're the first person in the arena. You know, you're let in and you're going to your seat and there's nobody else is there. Is the guy already under the ring? There's pre-match autograph signings or, you know, you get a tour of the... You get to take pictures inside the ring, or you get to go backstage. Is this guy just there at, like, 12 in the afternoon? They're like, all right, Bruce, go underneath the ring and just lay there till we tell you. Is there, like, an alarm? Is there a TV that he's watching? Is there, like, a mini a mini bar or a fridge, so a, a, a bathroom? Well, look at, like, the what was the St. Val- Valentine's Day Massacre in 97 when Paul White premiered. He, it, it was the last the- match of the night. And he came out from under the ring. Like, he came through the ring. That's when he he pulled Austin down, right? Was it Austin? No, he threw Austin into the cage, and Austin won because he got thrown out by Paul White because he was fighting McMahon. But Paul White's not not somebody that can just discreetly go under the ring, and it was the last match of the night. So he must have a monitor under there to know when to come out, obviously. Or an earpiece or something. But was he there the whole night? When did he go under? I mean, maybe they, maybe indoors they can shut the lights out and he can come out dressed as a cameraman and quick go under. Like you do when you go to a, a play or something. You see the stagehands yeah. all dressed in black to move the sets around. Maybe there's like between matches that you don't see. But when they're doing, you know, when they show something up on the Titantron and everybody's eyes are focused that way, he kind of you slips on the ring. under real quick. But he's, like you said, he's not... Someone who's not noticeable. He's seven feet tall, 400, 500 pounds. Well, that's what brings me to this point, is that this is the, what, the, the third match of the day. So you can't go under there and just do your makeup real quick under the ring and put the outfit on. So when did the other doink go to the ring? Has he been under there the whole time? Was he sitting there gambling at the slots in Caesar's Palace? And then they're like, hey, listen. You can be on the, the casino floor, but at 11 o'clock, you got to get into makeup and you got to mosey up under the ring. Do they build the ring around him or is the ring I already think they there? they built the ring first and then they, they put a like a mini slot machine under there. Like, keep gambling, but do it under the ring. And they can't, he can't win. No, because then you'd hear the bell going off. You'd hear the bell and you'd, he would be so excited because it'd be more than his wrestling fucking salary. 
Yeah, you won $900,000 and he runs out going, fuck this job! Yeah, fuck being a fake clown. And I'm not even the main one. Eventually I'll be the main one, but not right now. Not till Matt Bourne gets fired. <laughs> For substance abuse. And then changes his joint character into like a Joker character, which he did. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. This is about, what, a year before the mini-doinks? Dink and Pink and... I think this was about a year before that, yeah. I think the Survivor Series after this. Because everything before this was Doink just being in the crowd and screwing with Crush. That was great when there was like 20 Doinks in the crowd. Yeah. I remember being honestly terrified of that. That's why, like, the evil Doink was a good... Like, you know, for all the gimmicky characters they came up with, that the evil Doink was actually... A good one. Why does he keep trying to crawl under the ring, though? Because he wants the other one to come out. But he or maybe he's signaling, come. going, two minutes, two minutes. I know you've been under there for about five hours and 46, 46 minutes, but uh, it's almost time, pal. Hang in there. Hey, other doink, wake up. You're about to come out. He's like, oh, man. what? Uh. He's like, thank God I really got to take a shit. Crush's spinning kick was so terrible right there. It- and I remember watching this as a kid, and I was like, what the fuck? Another doink? Hit him with a with fake arm? arm? Well, because what led up to this was that doink broke his arm, then he hit Crush with the, the fake arm. But do they pretend like they don't know each other? No, they pretend they're the same person. Like they're doing the like the mirror thing. You know, it doesn't really work, Matt Bourne. Your makeup's worn off. Yeah. The other one's is perfect. And then he goes under the ring. He could have just ran off. Right. Oh, my God, it was a magic trick. Really? Maybe it was just a guy that dressed up in the same outfit. It was just a guy they told to wait under the ring for six hours. You know who Doink is? That's Big Josh. Yeah, it is Big Josh. Who tagged with PN News. Yeah. We're missing the fact that Bill Alfonso ran out and kept going, there's two. There's two, and they're searching under the ring. And there's Imagine they're looking under the ring right now, and he's just like, hi. Hey, hey. I don't see anybody. Hey. He's, he's sitting under the ring and doing something so inappropriate that they don't even know how to respond. Like he's, he's like mooning them or like playing with himself. And there's <laughs> Bill Afon's like, uh, I don't see anybody. <laughs> he's eating a bag of Cheetos, just whacking it. It's like, uh. Bill Afon's like, shit. It was Todd Pattengill. With a the, backwards it, hat with the little like feathers of the, like the Caesar's crown on it. Goes to the photographer from Japan whose camera lens is two feet long. Wow, how this is the subtle racism. Wow. He's trying to interview the Japanese cameraman, and neither one of them speak English, so they're just doing the stereotypical Hulk Hogan number one. They're saying Hulk Hogan number one, I have, I'm Asian and I have a camera because I'm a tourist. The camera looks like a te- the Hubble telescope, and then they just laugh with like, ha 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 ha. Like, that's just blatant racism. I always hated Todd Pettengill. You didn't like him on Scott and Todd? No. I, I liked when they did the little uh, little prank phone calls. Oh, this is uh, Money, Inc. for his Megamaniacs, right? Erwin R. Scheister and the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase are the tag team champions. Erwin R. Scheister, who is Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas's daddy. What's with the red smoke? It's red and yellow because it's Hogan coming out. Oh, Remember, yes. he's got the fucked up eye, and Brutus has the broken nose from the briefcase. Right, so he's got this 
stupid ass mask on. Let me just ask you a question. You're a barber, right? You're Brutus the barber. Why do you have hedge clippers? Whose hair are you cutting? Maybe he's the guy that's cutting all these wrestlers' hair in the back. You don't cut hair with hedge clippers. I mean, have you seen their haircuts? He's never cut anybody's hair with head clippers. He's always pulled scissors out of somewhere. Maybe he was going to go cut somebody's hair, but maybe he was cutting somebody's hair and his scissors broke. And the next nearest thing was hedge clippers. And it's not very intimidating if he comes to the ring with like a little pair of scissors. But everybody knows he's going to come to the ring with the hedge clippers and not use them. It's not like he's stabbing people with the hedge clippers. He should have come to the ring with an axe. And I just don't use the axe. I pull out a little hatchet like Tatanka. If he was stabbing people, it would have been a lot better for his gimmick. He could have been Brutus the Butcher. Brutus the Butcher beefcake. What if he was Brutus the Hedge Trimmer beefcake? He should have been Brutus the Butcher and come out with slabs of meat and just threw raw steaks into the crowd and come out with a cleaver. A meat cleaver, a bloody apron, and meat. Yeah, meat. Not Sean Stasiak meat. Like, actual meat. You imagine if he came out with meat and he just kept throwing Sean Stasiak in the crowd? Like, a bunch of Sean Stasiak clones. Just a bunch of Sean Stasiak dolls. No, not doll. Like, just real Sean Stasiaks. But he'd throw small. Sean Stasiak out and then Smaller. he'd have to wait for him to walk back to him. And then he'd throw him to another section of the ring. Yeah. Here's to section 103. Have some meat. And it's Sean Stasiak flying through the air going, ah! And then he lands. And then and he's like, come on back. And then he takes him and he's like, mezzanine 205. Ah! <laughs> if you start with a mezzanine 205, that means Brutus was way stronger than we thought. He was a beefcake. You he could put him in one of those air cannons that you used to shoot t-shirts out of. Come on, me, get in the air cannon. And he just gets <laughs> in with the little helmet. And they just yeah. let like like you know in the in the the stunt show they'd shoot him up and then he'd <laughs> run back and he would light the fuse and it would like and then shoot him off again and, and he just pulls he he doesn't even like the he can either light the fuse or he pulls the cannon string new entrance is he comes out with the apron with the blood <laughs> the apron with the blood and the cleaver and he rolls out a cannon. And they slide Sean Stasiak, a.k.a. Meat, down into the cannon, and he cuts the the cord for the cannon to explode. And, and that's where the cleaver meat. comes in, and he shoots him out. Right. Does Meat hold Meat in his hands as well and throw no, it out? he's got sausage around his neck and two oh, steaks thanks. in his hand. When he goes airborne, throw it out? Yeah, he, he like, like, he's got to be like... He's got to slide in, so his arms are quite tight next to him. He goes out and he goes, wee, and he throws the stakes out. You know, like when you shoot a grappling hook? You, you know, no, goes, no, I don't. Why the fuck did? would I know how to shoot a grappling hook? If you what did. Am, what am I, Batman? I Yeah, tell me more about shooting a grappling hook. Okay, I'm going to. If you go and you load the grappling hook into the gun, and then you shoot it, and the slack from the rope goes... And then it like wraps around. Is that like the sausage is wrapped around meat, and it's a lot of slack of sausage links while he Can flies I get back through the air? One thing real quick. Yeah. I'm gonna say yes on that. Okay. Why did you start the sentence with, you know, when you shoot a grappling hook, like that's something I do on a daily basis that I was just like, yes, yes, continue, please. 
I don't know that you don't shoot grappling hooks on a daily basis. What what elevated area would I need to be in that I would be shooting grappling hooks all around my house? It doesn't have to be in your house. Maybe you go. You I have, have a staircase some... to get to my room. I don't feel like walking up the stairs. Grappling hook. <laughs> Maybe you want to go visit your friends, and they had one of those apartments that are out, like a separate entrance, but they have the stairs on the outside. So and the stair- a line of grappling hooks is the way to get up there. Yeah, it's the stairs collapsed, and they said, Fuck How? it, I'm just going to keep living upstairs, and instead of getting the stairs repaired, I'm going to buy a bunch of grappling <laughs> He goes, you're like, hey, I'm here, and you're like, well, I'd love to get up there, but your stairs are broken, they collapsed. And he's like, no problem, go into the garage, next to the toolbox is a grappling hook. Load that bad boy up, shoot it over the railing, and climb up here. Then how do I get down? You slide down the rope. Oh, so the grappling hook just stays there the whole time. Yeah, because it's wrapped around. Then you, when you're done and you slide back down, you load it back up for the next person. So he can only have one guest at a time. For now. Or, or they just keep using it. Like if I shoot the grappling hook up and I'm still you up can there. You throw it back down. And then you show up and you're like, hey, I want to come up. Don't worry, I already shot the grappling hook. Just climb up what I already did. Yes. This is way easier than you just getting your stairs repaired. He doesn't have the funds. If he's living in an apartment on a floor above something that he has to have the grappling hook, wouldn't there be a landlord or something that would get pay for it? And why did no. the stairs collapse in the first place? Because of the snow. And the landlord is out of the country. So it's outside stairs. The only way to get into his apartment are outside stairs. Yes, that exists. Collapse from the snow. Yes. And the landlord's out of the country... Right. It, it's cheaper to just buy a bunch of grappling hooks. See, here's where it gets tricky. Instead of buying like a rope ladder or... He can't. He can't get to the store because the stairs are broken. Then how did he buy the grappling hooks? The landlord already had them in the garage. Like you do, I guess. You just have grappling hooks in case the stairs collapse from snow. No, it wasn't because of the stairs collapsing. It, he had to. He used to have to get on roofs. Real quick, side note, because we are watching a pay-per-view. Yes. Money Inc. was going to leave the match, but Finkus just announced that if they get counted out, they lose the belts. So now they come running in. They come running in because, you know, it's Hogan. Do you think he should be called, during this match, since it's Caesar's Palace, the biggest Hogan party? He should be Hulk Togan? No. Oh, I'm just staring at you in full hatred. <laughs> so, so back to the grappling hooks. Right. The landlord bought a bunch of grappling hooks just in case the outside stairs collapsed from snow no. and he was out of the no. country. No, no. He used to have to get on roofs. So he didn't buy ladders. No, because the roofs were really high. <laughs> Too high for a human ladder. I better get a yes. grappling hook. How does, how does that help you get your tools up there? He straps the tools to his back. So he has a backpack full of tools. Yes. And he just grapple hooks 30 floors up to repair I mean, a window. Would get a little out of control. It wouldn't be 30 floors. It'd be probably like 15. Oh, halfway. He's got to have that. He's got to have extra CO2 tank cartridges. CO2? 
Is he yeah, going so out of the fucking atmosphere? No, so that it can propel the, the grappling hook up. Well, you think that shit just works on its own? I thought it was all spring-loaded. I didn't think it was CO2-loaded. Spring-loaded only gets you to about 10 floors. Oh, so if you need those extra five floors, he's got to buy the little CO2 cartridges that go in, like, yeah. the whipped cream canisters? Yes, like a paintball gun. I'm with you. All right, keep going. You following me? No, but okay, so, keep going. So he has to get on the roofs because all the places that he works for, they're not able to come and open the doors for him to get inside and use the stairs. You know, for all the problems that seem to be happening at his properties, you think he would not leave the country. He had a very, very big contract for a roof in Panama. Then the COVID it was, hit. It was obviously, we need somebody with grappling guns. Just yes. so happens I have a bunch. Let me yes. leave one behind in case the, the, the stairs collapse. No, he didn't. He just left one behind because he forgot it. It was between his toolbox and the refrigerator in the garage. And he was gathering up all his stuff and he's looking at his watch. And he's like, shit, I'm going to be late for my flight to Panama. I got to go. So he grabbed all his tools. He packed his bag with his tools and his grappling hooks. And he went to the airport. I believe he got a Lincoln SUV. They drove him down to the airport. He checked his bag because you can't carry on tools and grappling hooks post 9-11 because of terrorism and the Patriot Act. And the TSA is really uh, strict when it comes to that stuff. Especially so grappling went, hooks, yeah. Yes, and tools, okay? It's, it's in the rule. It's a, no hammers, nails, knives, grappling Explosives, hooks. Explosives, grappling hooks. He flies to Panama. He does his roofing job. He's about to get back on his flight, and they said, sorry, you can't get back on the flight because we've closed all international flights back to the United States because of the COVID. So he goes, what am I going to do? I have my renter calling me saying there was a wicked snowstorm. The stairs, the outside stairs collapsed, and he can't get down, and no one could get up. So I said, There's listen. no inside access to this building at all. Not that one. This is on the the 16th floor. Yes. And you can only get up there by 32 flights of stairs. Or scaffold. Or scaffold. Who the fuck has 16 floors worth of scaffolding? Well, not the scaffold, but like the windshield, the window cleaner. Oh, the window cleaner thing on the outside yeah. of the building. That only goes down to the 10th floor. So you have to get to the roof and bring that down. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's a big it's a big fucking a very poor planned out building. Well, no one said that the Hungarians were good at building skyscrapers. Why is he Hungarian now? He's not Hungarian. The person who built the skyscraper is Hungarian, but not even a skyscraper. It's like a, it's just a tall building, very tall building. It's Over not 15 floors. floors. It's like 20 floors. They said let's have no inside stairs. You have inside stairs, but they don't go all the way up. You have the scat, the window wiper thing on the top that doesn't come all the way down. You have the outside stairs that only go up to that one apartment on the 15th floor, but they collapsed because of the snow. So now there's no egress or entrance way to get there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Place I'm going is the 15th floor, and the, the window washer thing goes to the 10th floor. I could theoretically inside walk up to the 10th floor, and then take the window washing thing up to the 15th. No, 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 no. Because the window washer thing is stuck on the top floor. Now that's broken, too. Yeah. 
We're missing a riveting match. I was taking the mask off. Trying to pull off the mask. So the window washer thing's broken. I can't get up there. I have to grapple hook to the 15th floor. You you call the super. I can't get out. My friends can't get up here. What am I supposed to do? Naturally, you think he would have been smart enough to just call the fire department to get him out or the police. But he calls his landlord. His landlord's like, I got the perfect solution. Tell your friends when they come over that I'm... I forgot to grab my one grappling hook. It's between the toolbox and the refrigerator in the garage. And that should do the trick. And that's what they did. So being somebody who's never used a grappling hook, I have to find the grappling hook and figure out how to use it, where to shoot it, grapple up, and then figure out how to get into his doorway. No, the door, his door can open. His porch outside. I'm still, what am I grappling up to? Around the banister. The thing that concerns me the most about all of this is your upper body strength. I have none. Well, then we're going to have a problem. Yeah. What's so, the maximum weight on a grappling hook? I think it's like 400 pounds. I'll just make it. After all this is said and done, we need to know why Brutus the Barber is throwing, the butcher is throwing out meat with meat. Oh, shit. That's where we started, right? That's where we started, and I have no idea how we got to where we're at. <laughs> you said, you know, when you shoot a grappling hook, like I was just supposed to know how you shoot a grappling hook. Oh, yeah, that's right. You shoot a grappling hook, and the slack comes out. Would meet when he's in the cannon. So back to the whole the origin of this. After we learned about the building and the, the snow issue with collapsing the porch and you getting on the grappling hook in the garage and all of this, now you understand that there's extra slack on the the actual hook, the rope that's attached to the grappling hook, the slack. You know now you know what I'm talking about. Wait, hold on. I do. I'm ignoring you because Jimmy Hart, Hogan, and Brutus both knock out Money Inc. with the the face mask, and Jimmy Hart has a jacket that you turn inside out, and it becomes a referee. a referee jacket. And he's now a sanctioned referee to count three on both of them. They act like they won. I've seen a lot of Hogan matches since we've been watching this, and every one so far, he's cheated. Good guy or bad guy. When they know they didn't win. And then another ref runs out. This is the third match where a ref has run out, and Hogan loses this match. This is why he's like, I got to come out again, brother. I got to win the championship because I lost this match. I like when they're, they're standing there like, what do you mean we lost? Like, what do you mean we got disqualified? Jimmy Hart switched his jacket back in, inside out, and he's a ref. And now he's threatening the referee. And they know souls getting no hit cells. by belts. Why are they going to have a word with the ref? He's just doing his job and calling yeah. it right down the middle. Come on. Don't hit Danny Davis. No, let Jimmy Hart do it. Yeah. Throw him out, Jimmy Hart. What a bunch of bullies. And this is the part where they're going to celebrate and do the strut and all that stuff. Top of Hulk Hogan's head. Looks like it's not part of his like it's not part of his body. It looks like glued on top of his head. It's a completely different color than the rest of them. Like it's a Vader helmet that they yeah. just drop down onto the top of his head. That if he wanted to, he could just go and take it yeah. off He's backstage. He's like, I'm not doing that strut, brother. I'm not doing your strut, Brutus. You're lucky you have a job here. If it wasn't for me, you'd be cutting hair in some place. You'd be cutting hair with hedge trimmers. If it wasn't for me, you'd be shooting Sean Stasiak out of cannons and <laughs> in bingo halls <laughs> covered in sausage links. You got to think about, like, 
in the back back area, they're like, well, Hogan lost when he plays music. Yeah, just plays music or he's going to come back here and he's going to complain. And he's going to say that he's going to sit there and go, hey, you guys didn't play my music. Like, but you lost. Yeah, but I'm Hulk Hogan. But you lost. We only played the music of the people that win. But I, I thought I won. But you didn't. But I want to pose. But I count me and Brutus counted three ourselves. And then Jimmy Hart counted three. And we won. So play my music. And they're like, but you didn't win because you lost by disqualification. But 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 Hulk, you're gonna you're gonna win later. Yeah, but I wanna I wanna strut now too. And I want my music to be played three times tonight. What is that pose? He was just like pushing his ass into Brutus. I, I believe they the kids nowadays call that twerking. Hulk is doing the twerk. It's the Hulk twerk. Hulkamania doing the thing, and he's thumbs upping. And Hulk Hogan's thumbs upping too. Macho Man is just hating life right now. I, I'm guessing he was on commentary because he was injured or something. He was hurt, and he wasn't cleared. And then when he got cleared, McMahon didn't want him to wrestle anymore. That's why he left and went to WCW. They're going to open the briefcase that's not locked. Come on, guys. It's not that hard. What's in there? Now, Money? It's a metal briefcase. With a brick why in it. Why would you need to have a brick in it? It's already metal. And the contracts are in it. And money, right? What is that dance? I was going to say, let me hear you again so I can throw my fake money. Oh, brother, here's a dollar. Like, thanks so much. Thanks for being a Hulkamaniac. Here's a Hogan buck. And here's a Hogan buck. She was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it was real money. It was a dollar. You're Natalie King Cole. Your father sang one of the most famous Christmas songs ever. I don't think you need a Hogan buck. No. Who the fuck I'm is the that? president of Caesars. Thank God you guys are here. Dan Reichert's. CEO Caesar's Palace. Here's Mr. Perfect. Did you rank his mullet? I do not rank Mr. Perfect's mullet because that is the perfect mullet. That is the perfect mullet. I keep talking about the forearm. It's a very controversial forearm. He knocks people out with it. Well, it's his finishing move. Of course he knocks people out with it. Right. Hogan knocks people out with his big boot and his leg drop. Right, exactly. Or your signature. Million Dollar Dream it knocks people out. Is that controversial? It's controversial because it was surgically implanted. It's probably because he needed it repaired and not because he was like, hey, I really want to have a kick-ass wrestling move. Can you surgically implant metal in my forearm? Do you know for a fact that he didn't have that surgically implanted in his arm? For the sole purpose of him wrestling? He's a total package. But he was He's a, a narcissist. He was a champion before... He came here, so he didn't necessarily need that advantage. Well, he didn't do the torture rack anymore, so maybe this was his way of torturing people. But it wouldn't be torturing them if he just knocked them out. Um, they'd lose the match, and that would be torturous. Remember you used to pose in front of the mirror? That's what he does in this one. It actually, it's you know this is one of the cooler entrances because he comes to the ring, and they all pull up the mirrors, and they have the sparks, and he poses. You know, you got a guy like Lex Luger, who's already established. He's the total package. He's a X amount of time WCW world champion. Why would you change his gimmick? Just bring him in as the total package and say yeah, he is a narcissist. Right. Oh, look, the mirror's all looking at his feet. They look. He's like, no, up higher, up higher. Uh, there, I can see myself. But now he can't see anything. But I mean, that's kind of like you know, that's an iconic image of him. In front of the mirrors with the sparks going off. And the girls are like, eh, sparks! Of everyone in this era that didn't win a championship, 
Yeah, he he should, like, I mean, at a world championship, he should have. Yeah. Love when he would throw the towel behind his back and then hit the gum at, you know, the gum out of his mouth. The gum thing, yeah. I love the fact that the girls were, like, trying to rub up on him. And he's okay. like, no. Okay. He's, but here's the thing. I did not like him when he went to WCW and became Kurt Henning. And he was the West Texas redneck. I didn't. Him as Mr. Perfect, I loved. Yeah, me too. I didn't like him as Kurt Henning in WCW. I would always play as him in WWF Superstars. Well, he was one of the best ones to play as. Doing the Perfect Plex. Wasn't it just called the Fisherman Suplex when up into WCW? Or was it still the Perfect Plex? I think the Fisherman Suplex is the uh, official name for it. I think I was always him and the Big Boss Man in WWF Superstars. What about WrestleFest? I mean, WrestleFest. That's what I meant. WrestleFest, I was always Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I don't think I ever used him. I think I used Mr. Perfect and Big Boss Man always. I used to love in WrestleFest when you play the Battle Royal, the Royal Rumble, whatever. And, like, right before somebody came in, they always had him up at the corner. And they'd be, like, yeah. pointing at the thing. And then they'd run to the – like, that game was so good. But I still think WCW NWO Revenge was the best wrestling game ever made. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, who wins? Who wins that one? Luger wins because he knocks Perfect out. And then Perfect goes out and attacks him in the back. And Shawn Michaels is back there and he attacks Perfect. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why don't we skip right to the Undertaker entrance? Oh, he still has fur. There's no fur. It's shaved. Yeah, but it's like on the tights now. His mullet's pretty bad, too. I like this entrance for the Undertaker just because he has the vulture and he comes out on the cart. That's... And the Grim Reaper's following him. Giant Gonzalez rot in peace. That's fucked up. He's dead. Here's my question. Why does Giant Gonzalez have a perfectly shaved ass and a hairy ass penis because that's how vince mcmahon saw his suit being for some reason somebody looked at this outfit and went perfect make sure we repronounce all of his muscles in his leotard but we make his shoulders and his forearms his dick his belly button and his outer calves hairy as fuck what about the outfit he used to wear as elegante no, 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 How about his ass? Did we draw fur on his ass? No. Just he... up the crack. There was nothing wrong with his elegante outfit. He just came out with boots and tights and elbow pads and knee pads, and they said, nope, we're going to draw you some muscles. Why would they draw him muscles and draw him fur? It's not like he was the Sasquatch. He's just the giant Gonzalez. Oh. He is fucking enormous. I don't even realize how big this man is because Undertaker's a big dude, and this guy is dwarfing the Undertaker. Most yeah. of his career, he's Eligante. And Vince McMahon takes a look at him. You know, maybe it was legal. Maybe he goes, I can't legally call you Eligante because WCW owns the rights to that. So we're going to call you, what's, what's your last name? I don't know, whatever his last name is. Well, I'm going to call you Giant Gonzalez. Okay, well, I'm going to show up for work tomorrow, and I'm going to wear my normal wrestling attire. No, nope. sir. Oh, you're the not fuck you're that. not. But, I, you know, I've been wrestling for, for 10 years, and I was ranked one of the worst wrestlers in 1991, so I'm just going to show up with my normal wrestling gear. No, sir. We got we got something in store for you. Well, when am I going to premiere? You're going to premiere at the Royal Rumble 93, and you're going to throw the Undertaker out. Wow, that's a huge spot. Do you remember, I think it was on Nickelodeon, it was the guy who would do the aerobics, and he had the tights on, 
but it showed yes. all of his organs. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. This reminds me of that. I was always confused with this urn thing that it made the Undertaker powerful. Why wouldn't Paul Bearer just hold it up the entire match? He did. That's why he kept rising up. No, but he doesn't. Just hold it up in the air. He's back up. Through. What did he throw him? Oh, it's a chloroform, right? But why does he need to give him chloroform? So he can knock the Undertaker out and win the match. But he did not expect Bobby Heenan and Jim Ross to be able to smell chloroform from a mile away. Doesn't not smell? I don't know. I've never chloroformed myself. Now, the announcers are the best because they're like, do you smell that? It smells like chloroform. Why does it smell like chloroform? And why do they all know what it smells like? If somebody spilled a bottle of chloroform in my room right now, I would not be like, ah, it's chloroform. Harvey Whippleman came to the ring with a bottle of chloroform. Why not just do it immediately instead of waiting halfway through the match? Because you think he's going to be able to handle the match. You must be proud of yourself, Giant Gonzalez. He stands up there for 10 minutes celebrating. Macho Man just said this is worse than getting knocked out. No, it's the the exact same thing as being knocked out. It knocks you unconscious. See, now why doesn't Paul Bearer lift up the urn and make him rise? The worst part of his outfit is that somebody approved that. And somebody designed, someone was making it, was like, oh, I think I really did it. I think I really nailed it. I think it was the opposite. I think they made it going, there's no way they're going to approve this. Let me just make the most ridiculous bodysuit I could think of. And Vince McMahon looked at it and went, perfect. You should make a fur bodysuit. And the person was like, I'm going to make this so shitty that they're going to just drop it. And he's going to go back to his old outfit. Oh, he's back. Wouldn't you just give him more chloroform? Hey, uh, Harvey, you got any more chloroform? Giant Gonzalez is probably the worst selling wrestler I've ever seen in my life. I'm a turtle on my back. So this match is all about Bret Hart and Yokozuna. So obviously, who is me and Gene going to interview but Hogan? Because of course he has to interview Hulk Hogan. Do we know how he got a black eye? According to Hogan in interviews, he was jet skiing with Brutus the day before and the jet ski hit a big wave, and the handlebar hit him in the eye. So his wife probably fucking punched him in the face or some shit. Yeah, but that's a pretty bad black eye. Like, his whole eye is black. Yeah, like, dude, you were jet skiing. That's like, oh, uh, I fell down the stairs, and I hit my face on the doorknob. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, there was so many theories that, like, Macho Man punched him because of Elizabeth, or he dropped a barbell on his eye. I would have went with the barbell story. I was trying to get these 24-inch pythons up to 25-inch pythons, brother. And when I was doing some chest presses, I dropped the barbell, slipped, and it hit me right orbital bone. And that's why my eye looks like this, brother. I'm going to always believe Macho Man hit him with something because of Miss Elizabeth. It sounds a lot more likely that Macho Man knocked him the fuck out. And his cheek is, like, swollen, too. You can see a little bit. Since Macho Man punched me in the eye, you have to give me the belt at the end of this pay-per-view. You're interviewing me because, obviously, it's all about me. I have nothing to do with the match. Do I? Why aren't you interviewing Bret Hart? Or even Yokozuna. Tom Pettengill just pushed a little kid out of his way. He did. Hey, guys, where'd you get the togas? What the fuck is going on right now? Hogan's gonna come out, brother! Thumbs up! (laughs) 
Yo, you think Macho Man was like the best at seven up? Oh, that game where the where you put your head down, and you put your thumb up. Yeah, he just kept it up. Like even if they tried to push it down, he just kept his thumb up the whole time. <laughs> hey, what game you want to play? And, and little Randy Poffa was like seven up, brother. And it's like fuck. All right, Randy, we'll play that. And he just and, kept winning. And his brother was dressed in his graduation outfit. I <laughs> I hate Lenny Poffa. I will interview him. And I will tell him how much I hated the genius gimmick. I despise my, that stupid fucking gimmick. I think he's my friend on Facebook. He's mine too. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but fuck his poems. <laughs> Macho Man gets... Do you know he's a real poet? I don't give a shit. <laughs> he sucks. He's obviously not making a living as a poet. He's no, making okay, a living no, off no, the no. name Poffo. Shut yes. up for a second. He, Macho Man gets put in the Hall of Fame, and what do they do? They fucking bring out Lenny Poffo to read a stupid poem that has nothing to do with the Macho Man, and he rhymes genius with leniency or some shit like that. Let me explain something to you. If you don't know already, the rank of poet laureates, let's just say greatest poets ever, if to, to not be technical. It's Maya not Angelou, Lenny Poffo. Ma, no, shut the fuck up. Maya Angelou. Walt Whitman, Robert Frost, right? You following me? Emily Dickinson. Yeah, Dr. Seuss, fucking Lenny Poffo. Lenny Poffo is only on the list of shittiest gimmicks and worst poets ever. First of all, you're a poet named the genius. Why are you wearing a graduation outfit? Because he's summa cum laude. Forever? Forever, Lottie. Nobody ever else has won that. Like, you went to a college that closed down after you won it, and you're just like, well, I'm the last one, so I'm just going to keep wearing this outfit. I wish he would write a poem about Bret Hart and how much he sucks. That poem would have sucked. No. Who is the worst poet or Lenny rhyming? Poffo. Lenny Poffo. Lenny Poffo. I, you know, who's the worst poet? Lenny Poffo. I don't care what the other option is. Lenny Poffo. Leaping Lenny Poffo? Yeah. You didn't like him at all? Nope. He's Macho's brother. Doesn't matter. You hate him that much. Your disdain for him is like me with the Beverly Brothers, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg, and Bret Hart, all combined. That's yes. how you how much you hate Lenny Poffo. Yes. If you were to wrestle anybody, it would be against Lenny Poffo? I would do a spelling bee against Lenny Poffo and win... A poem off. I'd poem off of him. Poem off of him? Does that even make sense? I don't even know. All I know is fuck Lenny Poffo. He's the mm. worst. We should have him on the show, and we should have both of you do impromptu spoken word poetry and see who would win. And you know what it would be? It would be him stuttering and stumbling through a poem where he rhymes at and that. And in and bin and perfect and nerfect. Because I heard him, I nerfect? fucking heard him say, Mr. Perfect, blah, 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 Mr. Nerfect. What did you just say, Lenny Poffo? Would you rather watch Lenny Poffo give a poem or Brutus the. Whatever, Bar the, whatever the second option is. Whatever the second option shoot is. Shoot Sean Stasiak out of cannons covered in salami. All day. All day I'd watch Brutus the Barber do that. Real quick, just going back to the match with Yokozuna and Bret Hart. I don't remember much going on with Yokozuna before this. Was this like the first time he was knocked off his feet? 
is by no, Bret. No, because um, Macho Man knocked him off his feet at uh, Royal Rumble. Bret Hart's like whipping his ass right now. Well, I told you that Bret Hart said he they had a match planned where it was going to be part A, part B, and then Bret Hart would lose, and part mm-hmm. A was going to be back and forth, and he he never said what part B was going to be, but Yokozuna called it early, and that's why it takes so long for Mr. Fuji to pull the salt and throw the salt. And then, uh-huh. I'm, and then Lenny Papa was in the back going, go out there, Hulk, show your bulk. The Hulk goes, I sh- really shouldn't because this has nothing to do with me. And he goes, do your thing because one day Haku will be Ming. And those are so- poems that Lenny Papa probably wrote. Number one worst character ever. No. There's a lot yes. more worse characters yes. in the no. I'll but, take any other character. I, no, I, for the longest time, I thought his name is Lenny Poffo. It's Lanny Poffo. Yeah, that's that's even worse. He can't even spell his own name correctly. He can't even be called Lenny. He's got to be called Lanny. I mean, I know it's his brother and everything, but should he have been allowed to induct Macho in the Hall of Fame? No, he should not have even been invited. They should have let him sit outside. <laughs> his own brother. His own brother. He's like, do you, think I, do you think Macho disowned him? He was like, dude, I was a professional baseball player at one time. I'm the Macho Man. King Macho, Macho Man. And, you know, and Lanny went, I wrote a poem. I'm leaping. I'm leaping Lanny Poffo. I managed the Beverly Brothers, and I wrote poems. Why do you think he didn't bring him to WCW with him? Because he realized what embarrassment he was. What do you think he would have been if he was a WCW? Because you know how they take pretty much the same gimmicks and they just change them a little bit. So if he was a genius, you think he would be the um, the smart uh, guy, the valedictorian, or the poet, or Macho's brother? <laughs> Macho's brother. He could have been just a obscure character that didn't do anything like the disciple, because the disciple never talked. Oh, so you're talking about every character he played in WWE, just an obscure character that nobody cared about? Might as well just call him Shitty Poet. He might be a nice guy, and if we ever get to interview him, I will talk to him like a human being. But I will tell him his character of the genius was the worst. Do you think that hit was his choice, though, or you think that was pushed by McMahon? He inducted his brother reading a poem. I'm sure he had something to do with it. And if you actually look at his Wikipedia, it says that he's a poet. I'm sure he he went into Vince McMahon's office, and he, Vince McMahon said, well, your brother's the Macho Man Randy Savage, and your brother's really popular and really successful. What do you have to offer? And he goes, I read poems. Well, that makes you really smart. I am a genius. All right, fine, you're the genius. Just read poetry. There is a whole website that has Leapin' Lenny's pit poems. Is it a fucking GeoCities or Angel Fire website that Lenny made in 1993 but hasn't been updated since? The genius takes a lighthearted look at the current pro wrestling scene and gives his thoughts and opinions through poetry as only he can. Do you want to hear the never-ending WrestleMania by Lenny Poffo? Yes! Read me the genius that Lenny Poffo wrote about the never-ending WrestleMania. Was it, I never got to wrestle at one because I sucked? I mean, <laughs> this is a very, very long poem. I'm going to give you some excerpts. Bonus Dias, armpit troopers. It is I, your genius of leaping, as Broken Metal Party. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I don't want to hear another word 
because he said it's name drops himself. You have to let me give you a couple more. All right, fine. You're the genius of leaping, as Broken Matt Hardy would probably refer to me as Lenny Poffo. So we're going to skip down. And he goes, even the pre-show was long with three matches aplenty. It felt like Sergeant Slaughter was asking me to drop and give him 20. <laughs> I, my God, I, f- I can't. I fucking hate him so much. He sat in a room. You're going to love this. Stop. He <laughs> sat in a room and he said plenty and then went, all right, what rhymes with plenty? 20. How do I, how do I figure Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, drop and give me 20. Okay. All right. How do I make this work? Something is so plenty, drop and give me 20. By the way, here's look how long it's taking Mr. Fuji to get to Salt yeah, Dogs. He He's like, no, don't tap out. Brett's probably yelling, go get the salt. After this whole thing plays out, I want to hear another line from okay. Lenny Poffo's opus. Pretty, He pretty much was yelling, salt, salt. Brett Hart's going to lose right here, which I don't know how salt in your eyes would make you not be able to kick out. And here comes Hogan. That's bullshit. He threw salt he, in his eyes. That was the fastest he's ever run down. Probably He was probably running down before Brett even got pinned. Before the match, he challenged the winner. Hogan did. Hogan did. You would think he would win the belt back and then let Brett fight him for it. Like, hey, man, I won your belt back. Why don't you fight me for it? Why is Hogan politicking to the crowd? It doesn't really matter to them whether he's going to fight him. You just, just go fight him. And he's got to ask. He's got to ask Brett too. And Brett's like, "Go ahead." Doku's in there going, "With Fuji, what are you doing?" I just yeah, won like, I don't, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I don't want to wrestle again. There's a possibility I could lose it. I just this might be the shortest reign of WWF champion ever. Fuji, I just won this goddamn thing. What are you doing? Go do it. Go do it, Hogan. Really, brother? Should I do uh, it, brother? Should I, should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? Just, just know that once I win, brother, you're not going to get a shot to get my belt, your belt back. Would it, you know what would have been the best if he did this and he lost? And they didn't ring the bell to start the match. So this would automatically be a disqualification, wouldn't it? Right there, disqualification. No bell was rung. Bell was- and Hefner's just like, fuck it, I'm counting. And Hogan wins 15 seconds after Yokozuna just won the belt. Now he's a new champ. You know, as a kid, though, like I was like, oh, yeah, good. Hogan's got the belt. Yeah, me too. Do you want to hear? Whatever you're going to say, yes, I want to hear it. Don't even show me a picture of him, that stupid face he's got <laughs> with the fucking hat. Is that a clipboard? He brought out his clipboard because he had all those stupid poems on there on his little legal clipboard. pad. They could flip over and go, the Beverly Brothers. That's what? Fuck the Beverly Brothers. Oh, he was their manager, right? Yeah, he was their manager. Fuck him, too. I'm on board. Oh, so now you're on board. I've yes. been anti-Laddie Poffo genius for this whole time, and you're like, no, no he's okay. He's Randy no. Macho Man's brother. Shut fuck the fuck you. up. You shut the fuck up, motherfucker. You listen to me. I've been fucking motherfucking these Beverly brothers with their purple-ass tights and their stars and Bue and Bo and Blake Balake or whatever the fuck their names are for weeks now, and you were just – you don't even – acknowledge my hate of the Beverly Brothers. You just fucking skip over it like I didn't even say anything. Like I said, I oh, it's, nice. it's a nice it's a nice day today. And then you're like, yeah, it's great. You don't even fucking acknowledge it. Now, all of a sudden, because Laddie Poffo lit a fire under your ass for whatever fucking reason, now you want to jump on the anti-Beverly Brothers bandwagon, and now you're accusing me 
of jumping on the anti-Lanny Paffo bandwagon because I hate the Beverly Brothers, and I don't think that's fair. We jumped on the same train of hatred. You're just on a different cart than I am. You're on what do they call? What do they call? What are they called? Train cars. Some, car. You're on a different car than I am. You know what that was called? <laughs> the train boxes on wheels that go on the tracks. Like what the fuck did you think they were called? <laughs> Beverly Brothers hate car, and I'm on Lanny Papo hate car, but they're connected with a hallway. Why wouldn't they just be in the same one? Because Lenny Papo, that fucking guy, stop showing me his picture. He didn't only manage the Beverly Brothers because he managed Mr. Perfect, and then he was on his own, and he was leaping Lenny. Okay. I'm not jumping Jim Brunzel because I can't jump, but I can leap. Look at me leaping. I'm leaping Lenny. Stop showing me his picture. He looks like he should own a fucking discount appliance store. It's leaping Lenny's. He's got a Google search on his name and it's going to pop up because I'm going to put in the description of this episode, my real feelings on Lanny Poffo. And he's going to get a little notification. He's sitting there right now in fucking Daytona beach or wherever the fuck he lives, Sarasota. And right now his house is triggered with fucking bells and alarms. that are just going off because his name was fucking Google. It's going burn, burn, burn. And he's like, Holy shit. I'm important. And it didn't say, Who's Randy Macho Man Savage's brother? It says Lanny Poffo. That's me! Are you ready for the rhymes? Yes, please, sure. WrestleMania 33 has finally come and gone. Seemed like it would never end, lasting seven hours long. Does he understand he could have just not watched? Guy really thought he was on par with his brother. <laughs> This guy doesn't understand why he was second fiddle to his brother, who came up with some of the best promos ever. Now, you're a former WWF employee. Your brother was inducted. I'm pretty sure his brother was inducted that year or the year after in the Hall of Fame. You're the first person ever to have read this. The only other person that's ever read this was Lanny Poffo at parties. To tell right. everybody the, how great of a poet he was. Does this guy think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for these? Like, <laughs> one day, oh, one day the genius is getting in. Us and the Beverly Brothers. After this poem, the Beverly Be- Brothers are a shoo-in compared to the genius. Mike Eaton's sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't believe we let him manage us for all that That's- time. Like, I kind of want to send him a message on Facebook and say, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> Just no context. Just send him a message that says, Dear Lanny, you're the worst. (laughs) Fuck you. And you're stupid. Fuck you. Your assignment tonight, kids, is to go home and write a poem about wrestling. And he just and Lanny just said, I'm gonna keep doing it for the rest of my life. Stupid asshole. That's your whole problem with that? I want to just call him on Skype right right now now and tell him he fucking sucks and then hang up on him. (laughs) No one ever told Lanny Poffo he could stop doing his kayfabe, so he just kept writing poems 
for 30 years <laughs> and no one ever said, oh, you don't have to do that anymore. Hey, genius, you spelt Lenny wrong, motherfucker. Lanny Poffo doesn't even realize that he was fired. Like, no one told him. He's like an office space where they keep moving him down the hallway. He, just, the- he shows up at every single pay-per-view with his clipboard and his stupid fucking hat and his graduation gown. And he goes up to security and he goes, I'm here. And they go, who are you? He goes, I'm the genius. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm Lanny Poffo. I was Randy's brother. Vince, what do you want me to do? And they don't even send Vince out and Road Dog fucking shimmies out. He does the shake right on roll out of the office door. He does a... And he goes, hey, Lanny, go down there and write a poem. And he goes, you got it. And he goes out in the parking lot and he sits there and he writes a poem about what he sees outside. And then he walks around the parking lot to people tailgating. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. And people go, who the fuck is this guy? And he goes, I was Randy Savage's brother. And they beat the shit out of him. He's not even concerned that he never gets a paycheck. He never gets a paycheck from him. He and never they're gets like, paid, ever. He just keeps like, showing up. He's like, Vince, am I going to get paid? And once again, Vince doesn't come out. But fucking <laughs> Road Dog shimmies out. <laughs> he shake rattles and rolls out of the office again. And he's like, listen, laddie, it should be Laddie. But we know you spell your name fucked up, even though you're a genius. The only way you get paid is when your poems get published. <laughs> you have to keep writing them. And he's like, okay. He just shows up at every WrestleMania pay-per-view and he goes, hey, Vince, look, I got my poem published. And Vince doesn't show up, and Road Dog <laughs> shimmies out and goes, I'm sorry, that's not an accredited site. And then he shimmies back into his office. One day, I'll be back. And then he goes out in the parking lot, and he just starts reading his poems. All of a sudden today, February 10th, 2021, at fucking 12 o'clock on the dot, he gets all these fucking buzzers and alarms in his house because the fucking webpage got fucking a hit. For once in his life, the Google fucking algorithm went off. Well, he's going to show up on SmackDown on Friday. Roll it on up. We go, <laughs> I got a hit. And here comes Road Dog shimmying out of the office. <laughs> Road Dog shimming down the ramp. I've never heard a front face like podcast. Anchor.fm slash front face like podcast. I've never heard of them. And Lanny Powell was like, they're a real thing because I got the alerts in my house and they're reading my poems. And you said if these two guys were reading my poems, then I would get paid. And Road Dog goes, well, here's the thing. Let me go back to my office and talk to Vince. And we're going to try to cut you a check. And he fucking shake around off the roll. He shimmies on back to his office. And Vince goes, was that Lanny again? Yeah. Let's just move the Thunderdome. He'll never find us. <laughs> if you can name your top five least favorite wrestlers ever, Lenny Pavo five times. Five times. Him so much. This came out of nowhere, buddy. I was watching something on YouTube, and it was a Mr. Perfect video where he was fighting somebody, and he was doing a, you know, he, he Mr. Perfect did those uh, promos where he, you know, got a hole in one, or he hit like nine three pointers in a row. Yeah. He did perfect dives, and he was doing the dives, 
and Lenny Poffo came out of nowhere. They're in a like YMCA pool, and Mr. Perfect's wearing his wrestling attire to jump off this diving board. And out of nowhere, here comes Lenny Poffo as the genius in this YMCA pool area wearing his graduation gear and starts reading a poem. And it was so stupid. On the diving board of life, we see the form of Mr. Perfect. Well, why is he there? Cool. The genius wants to see Hulk Hogan duplicate these dives. But first, I'll drain the water from the pool. I got nothing else. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of shit right now. My <laughs> hatred for Lenny Poffo just, I'm, I ran out of shit for tonight. Me too. I mean, it's 1.30. So on that note, thank you very much, Vinny. WrestleMania 9. We talked a little bit about WrestleMania 9 as we, we watched it. hardly about WrestleMania 9. But real quick, we have some very, very important news for everybody for next week's episode. Ryan, I would love for you to tell everybody exactly what's going to go on next week. When you say we have very important news, do you mean we have very important PN news? I think we have very important PN all capitals news exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point if you know what i'm throwing down i'm gonna give a little side story real quick so for weeks and weeks and weeks now we have been trying to get jim powers on the show i've spoken to the man i've actually gotten in touch with the man right i've been on the phone i have his phone number we're going to talk to him at the end of the week we're going to figure out what we need to do to get him on this show but in the meantime since we watched Halloween Havoc 1991 with PN News, next week, if all goes according to plan, which right now everything is, right. we are going to be interviewing PN News. I would like to say we have a lot of questions that we're going to ask him. Also, if you guys out there want to know anything from PN News, let us know. Uh, front face lock podcast at gmail.com. Can hit us up at Twitter at Front Face Lock, Instagram and Facebook at Front Face Lock Podcast. We're on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We were talking about WrestleMania 9, and I'm sure at some point during this whole thing, WrestleMania 9 came up. Stay tuned for next week. We will have PN News, and we'll uh, post it up on Twitter at Front Face Lock, Instagram, Facebook at Front Face Lock Podcast. Frontpage.podcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys later. All right. Talk to you later. Peace.